Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. We are in a series called Made Perfect in Weakness. And this passage, this phrase comes from a passage of Scripture. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. Paul has been talking about a thorn in his side. We don't know what that thorn was, some sort of temptation or some, something that was challenging him. But he says this, beginning in verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So that's what we've been looking at this series. How is God's power made perfect in our weaknesses? In the first week, we started with God's power made perfect in our weakness when we make mistakes. The next week, we looked at God's power made perfect in my weaknesses when I suffer. Last week, I talked about God's power made perfect when I deny my faith. And we talked about um, looking at more deeply the motivations behind when people turn away, perhaps, from their faith or from the church or from uh, a path that they've been on. Looking at what's really behind that. And then we looked at the story of Peter, who denied Jesus three times, but then also the follow-up story to that after Jesus was resurrected, and um, how Jesus restored Peter and restored him to his position as the rock, the one upon whom he would build his church, and told him, called him to feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my flock, feed my lambs. Today we look at God's power made perfect in my weakness when I am afraid. As some of you may know, I like to hike. I love the outdoors. I like any opportunity I get to go and to, to hike through beautiful places, beautiful vistas. This is nearly 10 years ago when my family and I were on sabbatical. And we uh, were a lot of different places, uh, but one of the places that we uh, went was southern Germany in the Alps. Anybody ever been there? It's incredibly beautiful, isn't it? And uh, great places to hike as well. Now, I um, had done a little bit of research, but I hadn't done a whole lot. And so the night before, I was kind of, you know, like cramming for the test and trying to study and figure out exactly where should I go, what should I do, what would be something that I can do. And somebody had told me about Zugspitze. Anybody ever heard of Zugspitze? Okay, Zugspitze is the highest point in Germany. And I, uh, I'd just done, uh, like a month before, the highest point in Africa, Kilimanjaro, and I thought, well, let's just kind of keep it rolling. I'll do the highest point in Germany. And so I, I, I looked into Zugspitze. Now, this view is the date after 
my hike of Zugspitze. Had I had this view of the mountain beforehand, I probably would not have attempted it. But I did. And here's how that went down. I, uh, I found out that, okay, it sounds like it's doable. It may be a little bit of technical uh, hiking, but not really climbing. I, and if I get in, you know, if I get to a point where I just can't do it, I'll turn around. So I drove to the place. My wife and kids don't share my enthusiasm for hiking to the level that I do. And so they decided to stay back at the hotel, enjoy a little R&R. So I went on my own, but I was very happy to see other hikers there in the parking lot. And as, uh, you know, they began doing the, the hike, some of them had backpacks with helmets and, like, rope. But I thought, well, maybe they're just doing a different route. It concerned me a little bit, though, when I saw that. So I started the hike, and it was a beautiful, beautiful meandering hike, up gentle slopes, beautiful vistas, uh, up these grassy swaths, which are actually a ski, it's a ski slope in the wintertime. And gradually it started getting a little bit more steep, a little steeper, a little steeper, a little bit more exposed, a little more exposed. And then the path kind of curved around and then ended. And I looked over, and here was a scree slope. Now, if you don't know what a scree slope is, it's um, essentially gravel. Now, I thought I had a picture of it, but this is just kind of near there as I'm going on that path um, toward that scree slope. But it's essentially gravel going down downward. Gravity at work. It's basically the mountain crumbling. And I thought, surely this can't be the way. Because that scree slope funneled down to a point and then, boop, went over the side. And I could not see what was over the edge, but I could see the valley thousand feet below. And so I went back, and I looked around. I thought, I must have missed the turnoff. I must have missed the path. And I couldn't find it anywhere. It looked like, yeah, the path goes right to this scree slope, which funnels down and off an unknown edge. Then when I went back, I saw a couple hikers working their way along the edge of that scree slope. And then, boop, they popped up over a side, instead of where it funneled down. I thought, oh, that's the way I got to go. Now, one thing you need to know, I am terrified of heights. I know. Why do I enjoy going hiking in the mountains? I mean, how can you be terrified of heights? I don't know. It's like a a moth to a light. I'm just attracted to it. And actually, it's not the heights I'm scared of. It's falling from those heights. And it's not really falling from those heights. It's landing. But one thing leads to the next, which leads to the next. And so I'm scared of heights. But I thought, well, that's the way I must go. Obviously, there's other hikers up there. I... I want to try it at least, and so I kind of made my way very gingerly 
along the edge of that scree slope as the gravel kept sliding beneath my feet. And boop, eventually popped right up over that ridge where the other hikers had gone. The path picked up again, rounded a corner, and then as I was going along, my feet froze. Because the earth had seemed to just give way. And there was this vast openness before me. And a precipice that was terrifyingly beautiful. I couldn't move. My feet froze. I literally could not move them. And then they started to shake. And I could feel my legs turning to jelly. And I thought, what have I gotten myself into? I can't go forward on this narrow path along this precipice. I can't go back. How am I going to climb back up that scree slope? And where does that go off to? What do I do? Well, I took a few breaths and tried to recompose myself, get oxygen back into my legs and get something flowing through my body to get strength back into my legs and courage back into my heart. And I thought, well, I can't go backward. I have to go forward. And so... That began the climbing portion of my trip. It turned from a hike to a climb complete with cables, ladders. And this is where I started seeing the other hikers getting out their equipment. Fortunately, there was uh, enough there with the ladders and with the those cables that I could, I could work my way up. And eventually, as I got to, toward the top, I could hear voices. I thought, have I died? And there were a lot of voices. I thought, wow, I didn't see that many hikers along the way. And then as I got up over the crest, I popped out to a view that I did not expect. For there was a perfectly paved patio, fences, people, buildings, a restaurant, a souvenir shop, grandkids, grandparents, families out on a Sunday outing. Turns out there was a gondola that went up the other side of the mountain. You better believe I took that gondola down. Fear is a legitimate response in certain situations. I mean, it's part of our survival mechanism, right? It, it can serve us very well in various circumstances. 
The disciples had reason to be afraid. Their master had just been arrested and tried and put to death within hours, just days before. And now it says in this passage that we read today that they were behind locked doors for fear of the religious leaders. They thought that could be us next. And they had a legitimate fear. They were gathered together because they didn't know what to do. They couldn't go back. But how could they go forward? And they seemed to be paralyzed, unable to move, their legs turned to jelly. Into that place filled with fear enters the resurrected Jesus. And he says to them this greeting that was very common, peace be with you, or in their tongue, shalom alechem. What that means, shalom, is much more than peace like we would think of, a cessation to certain strife. Shalom is wholeness, completeness, well-being. And so Jesus is not just saying, I hope things go better, I hope your strife ends. He was saying to them, I pray and I, I ask for God's wholeness and wellness and completeness to be evident in your life, whatever you are feeling, whatever you are going through. Shalom, Alechem, peace be with you. And then it says, he showed them his scars. Now when we read that, we think, well, he's just proving that it's him, and maybe that's what it is. But I wonder if too, in showing his scars, he was acknowledging the fact that yes, a horrendous thing just happened. And, and you were witnesses of this. You were bystanders of this. You experienced this as well. And here are the scars to show that. And, and though I have been raised, the scars remain. And so he seemed to be acknowledging that reality of the horror of what they had all gone through. But at the same time, here he is, resurrected. He has conquered sin and death. And he seems to be saying as well, I have overcome. So what does it mean for us as we talk about God's strength and our weakness? What does it mean for us to experience God's strength when we are feeling weakened by fear. I want to draw out just a few things um, from our passage from this lesson today. First, 
Do not let fear take over. Realizing God's strength when you're afraid, the first thing I think that means is do not let fear take over. Don't be afraid. That phrase is the most frequently uh, spoken phrase command throughout all of Scripture. It's said to the likes of Abraham, Moses, uh, the prophets, Ruth, Joseph, Mary, the disciples, all of these giants in the faith. God entered into their life, and the very first thing he said, do not be afraid. It's as if God is saying, I know you're scared. I know you're overwhelmed. But don't let fear take over. It's going to be okay. Oftentimes, we fret over stuff, and we're just uselessly spinning our wheels. Dale Carnegie, if you're familiar with any of uh, his, his uh, writings and such, said this, 80% of what we worry about never occurs. Think about that. I mean, there's truth in that, right? 80% of what we worry about never occurs. Would you spend 80% of your time knowing very well that it is a complete waste of time? Surely not, social media. 80% spent just worrying about things that might be, that might happen but then don't. When seeing the anxiety that many people were feeling that were following him, simply worried about meeting their daily needs, Jesus reminded these crowds of people how God takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, and how much more valuable are they. He said this, Therefore, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of the things to realizing God's strength when we are feeling weakened by fear is to not let fear take over. Another thing is to remember the Lord is with you. Whenever that that passage, do not be afraid, many times that we see that in Scripture, it's followed by the phrase, For I am with you. When we feel alone in a situation, it is so easy for our minds to go quickly to an anxious place, isn't it? And for us to get lost in the inner turmoil of our own mind. But just as the presence of another person there with us can ease our minds and calm our nerves. 
so too the knowledge that God is present with us can ease our minds, calm our nerves, and give us perspective. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Another thing to remember as we think about God's strength coming to us when we are feeling weakened by fear is to remember the Lord is with you. Finally, know that in God's strength, you will overcome. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, you gain strength courage and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I lived through this horror, I can take on the next thing that comes along. Rosa Parks said this, I've learned that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. Think about that. As as you you think about something or something's happening in your world or you have a decision to make, you you feel all that fear and that anxiety as you try to, to make that decision or as you approach that problem. But once you decide the path that you're gonna take, how that diminishes fear so much. The Apostle Paul said, when I am weak, that I am strong. Last thought to leave you with, perhaps the key to dealing with fear in our lives is not to ignore it, not to, you know, pull up our, our riches and say, I can, I can get through this, I can handle this, I'm not afraid. Maybe The key is to acknowledge the fear and embrace it and say, yes, I am afraid. I am terrified. My heart is pounding. My legs are frozen. I can't move forward. I am turning to jelly. But I can't turn around. I have to go forward. In those times, remember that God is with us and that because he has overcome, I too can overcome. Let's pray. Lord God, um, you know very well the fears, the worries, the anxieties that we deal with in our lives. Some of which are very legitimate. Things that should cause fear and worry in our lives. Much, though, of what we fret over is just spinning our wheels. Lord, whichever it is that it is the case, Lord, help us to remember that 
that that need not take over our lives. To remember that you are with us. And to remember that though we are weak, it is those times where your strength shines through. And because you have overcome, we too can overcome. Amen.